Welcome to Bridging the Generations Podcast. I am your host, Malak Arif, and today we have a legend. This is one of my favorite vocalists of all time, one of my favorite lead frontmen of all time. It is an honor to have this brother on the platform. I'm talking about lead singer of the legendary Tower, Tower of Power, known for songs such as Look Up With Your Mind, Cause I Love You, So Very Hard To Go, Just Where We Start Making It. The list goes on, and we're talking about none other than the legendary Lenny Williams. How's crazy crazy day i just i was in um uh monroe louisiana on uh sunday night uh saturday night got home uh sunday and just been going 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 but uh i'm here as my daddy would say uh here i is yes no, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. so look we hey uh before we even get started again let me say it's an honor to have you on uh the platform on the platform on behalf of the bridging the generate bridging the generation podcast I am so excited, brother. I'm a huge fan. I appreciate that, and it's an honor for me to be here. You know, on your on your show, and uh, you know, and bridging uh, the generations. Yeah, no doubt. Yes, no yes. doubt. So, with everything that's going on, we got a lot of a uh, lot that's going on in this world. The pandemic, uh, a lot of things in regarding to politics. So, we're not gonna get into all that. But with all this going on, how are you uh, able to maintain? Uh, throughout all you know that's going on in 2021 you know well you know i've been around here a long time so you know i've got a pretty good defense mechanism <laughs> you know i've been on this planet for 76 years and so i've got a pretty good defense mechanism no but you know i just uh try to you know um uh yeah i was raised in in church you know so uh you just kind of you know grew up learning to you know to, to pray and to uh you know just uh you kind of uh try to walk a straight line right and uh a friend of mine wrote a song called "How, you, How Can You Walk a Straight Line with Wearing Crooked Shoes," uh, but uh, <laughs> right. But uh, you know, I try to walk a straight line, and uh, you know, so sometimes I veer off, and I think you know that straight line is not necessarily you know um, you know living right, but it's you know kind of like thinking right, you know, trying no to uh, uh, you know not uh, get too up or too down mm. uh, with your emotions and things of that nature, you know. So I try to be even keel. Uh, in my approach to to life and uh, you know uh, the situations that life can can bring to you, so I think emotionally, uh, you know, that's what's been able me to you know survive uh, through the uh, you know entire pandemic. Uh, just the fact that uh, you know that just uh, you know just stay prayerful, and you know we found out uh, you know through through science that prayer is uh, basically you know, uh, meditation. So, oh, you know, yeah. a person might say, I don't meditate, but if you're praying, you, you know, you meditating, you know, so you get the right. same benefits, you know, so that, that's what kind of keeps me, you know, 
fairly sane. Yeah, no doubt. No mm -hmm. doubt. Well, look, Lenny, it's great to hear that. And and again, you know, I, I'm so honored to have you on. You look good right away, brother. Oh, I've been trying. I do my little push-ups and take me a little walk every morning, walk up a couple of miles and no doubt. try to do at least 25 push-ups and, and a couple of planks and, uh, you know, eat some oatmeal and drink a lot of water and all that good stuff. I know stuff. that's right. <laughs> uh, lay off of that salt and that sugar and, you know, just uh, I'm just trying to, you know, preserve you know the temple yeah no doubt no doubt i was listening to you um i was watching some live uh some live concerts from you you know uh with you uh not that long ago mm -hmm. and i'm like that voice has not changed brother that voice st you still have this youthful voice man you know and i'm not saying i'm not saying you you know you're old man but man when i hear that voice it is phenomenal brother like you don't miss a beat man tell me talk about that how, how has it been you know, as far as like maintaining that that uh, that unique voice of yours, man, because I, I always said that Lenny Williams is one of the most gifted, talented vocalists that we have ever had on this earth. Well, I appreciate that. Well, you know, I do my vocal exercises, you know, so I'm always, you know, doing voice exercises uh, every day uh, uh, in the car. Well, I go on my walks and do them uh you know around the house I, you know i might wake up at like four o'clock in the morning i gotta go to the bathroom and i'll say i always want to make sure the voice is working i might say ah! and my wife's like oh uh, yeah it's four o'clock in the morning you done woke me up i'm like hey you know this the money maker right here we gotta just make sure that it's working so no you, know, doubt. Do, you know drinking a lot of water no you know, doing the vocal exercises i try not to yell raise my voice uh my wife was a, a season ticket holder uh, for the warriors right and so I could never really go a lot because I'm always gone. But right. occasionally I would go with her and uh, she had to tell all her friends that, you know, the people that sit around her that uh, that I'm not antisocial and, uh, <laughs> and I'm not a mute. Right. Uh, but I just don't talk in big cavernous places and you got to preserve somebody, those got to preserve those pipes yeah somebody make a spectacular dunk and everybody's yeah right. and I'm, I'm just sitting there you know and say, what's wrong with him oh he just he protected right. that voice right yes uh so you know just um you know doing a lot of reading about the voice I, I actually probably could be an ear nose and throat uh i don't say i could operate on anybody but i could definitely tell you you know how to you know take care of your voice uh because you know i do a lot of reading about the voice vocal cords and things of that nature right and so uh, those are the things that have uh, you know helped me to preserve my voice and be able to sing you know songs in the same key that i did you know when i was in you know my 20s yeah so how, how long when, when did you begin to take this type of approach because again you know when i when i hear you saying the consistency of the vocals man it's just it's there like it, it seems like you never missed a beat were you doing this back you know during the tower power days the when you know when you first started off as a solo artist how long you've been you know going through uh this routine well it's really interesting because i uh i was on tour with natalie cole right and and i was recording and i was on tour with natalie and teddy pendergrass and then i was uh recording i was flying around and my voice got kind of I was having some issues, right? right? And so uh, Stevie Wonder had this guy called Seth Riggs that he would send people to. Where he recommend to recommend I go there, and so I go there. Then he's giving, you know, paying all this money for this vocal uh, lesson, and he has you going. And I'm like, I used to do that when I was a kid, you know. Like, <laughs> and my brother said, "Boy, you got some big lips, you know. You got already your lips already big. You have big lips doing that." <laughs> 
And people paying, you know, this guy $100 or $200 right. an hour. And I was like, man, I was just do that when I was seven and right. eight, you know, whatever. And so uh, unbeknownst to me, I was doing a vocal exercise, right? Okay. And so, but uh, I just always uh, kind of took care of my voice, even uh, prior to Tower Power, you know, just, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, and I played trumpet. So, you know, I was just always concerned about, about the voice. But mm. yeah, I just... Uh, uh, you know, I would see, uh, be on tour and I would see the OJs and they'd wrap themselves up with towels and stuff. Okay, see, show. I didn't know, I didn't know anything uh, yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. After the show, uh, Eddie and Walt, as soon as they get off the stage, there's towels, you know, you know, wrap it up and down on the chest and everything. Right. So they even, you know, right on the side <laughs> of the stage, right, you know, and, um, and then, you know, just reading that, you know, the vocal, you, know, you should kind of be quiet sometimes, you know, so I'd read about all the opera stars and what they did to preserve their voices mm. and how sometimes that on the day of a show, they wouldn't even talk, you know, Whoa. they just, yeah, so I used to do that. And uh, so, uh, you know, sometimes I kind of went overboard on it, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just always just kind of like, uh, you know, kind of a safety first kind of person with the, with the voice. I realized that it was, you know, my, my gift. Uh, you know, from God, and then I just, you know, wanted to just really, really take care of it, you know, and, you know, and, and so that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, I would continue to be blessed and have opportunities to use it. I always said, you know, um, and we're going to talk, we'll get into this later, but I always said, you know, you and Rick, you know, you guys, had, as far as vocals, you guys ne never missed the beat. Like, you, you, the way Rick sound, the way you sound, like, you got, it, it never changed. Like you guys still sound great after all these years. I remember um, when Rick came home and I saw him in concert just a little shortly before he passed, and I'm like, "Wow, he still sounds good." Yeah, and he, I'm like, "Man, Lenny, you and you know, I always say you guys are my two favorite uh, leads of Tower Power that. of all time. You uh -huh. know, rest in peace, uh, Rick. But uh, of course, you know, you, you're my favorite. You know, no no disrespect to all the great Tower Power leads, but mm -hmm. Lenny is that guy. You know, appreciate that. Yeah. So, so, so look, let's, let's, let's go. We're going to start from the beginning. Now you're originally from Arkansas, Lenny. Right. Mm -hmm. so, um, but you moved to, um, the Bay area, you know, I believe in your, your, your early teens. Now, actually I moved to Bay area when I was around about 13, 14 months old. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. As a, as, okay. As, 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 a, as an infant. Yeah. Right. As an yeah. infant. So you're yeah. pretty much from the Bay area. Right. Yeah. yeah. So talk about the, um, you know, talk about, uh, growing up in the Bay area during, uh, you know, we're talking about the, the during the civil rights moment. What was it like? You know? Yeah, I grew up in Oakland. I I, I was born in '45, so I came out here probably like forty, forty six, forty seven, something like that. And okay. so basically, you know, um, you know, all my uh, you know years of growing up and uh, you know my early years uh, were uh, you know just growing up in Oakland, kindergarten, you know, preschool, you know, all of that. Right. And so Oakland was a very interesting, um, was and still is a very interesting place. Um, had a lot of uh, middle class blacks, you know, uh, uh, you know, it was kind of a melting pot because you had, we had the the army base and a navy base here in Oakland. No doubt. And so you had a lot of soldiers and people coming from all across the country. So they'd all bring their various, uh, you know, uh, ideas and their cultures, their music and everything, you know, they, you know, They'd be passing through, and then a lot of them, you know, decided to, to stay here. And so, okay. so you had, uh, you know, uh, different kinds of you know, cultures, uh, you know, from the East Coast, uh, from the Midwest, uh, definitely oh, no. the South. And so uh, those are the influences that I had. 
Uh, I grew up, I went to, uh, went to college with uh, Huey Newton, Bobby Seale. Uh, my birthday's February 16th, Huey's is February 17th. We used to celebrate our birthdays together. Huey's a preacher's son. And uh, so uh, those are the influences I had. Uh, Sylvester Stewart, uh, Sly Stone, I grew up with the Stewart family, singing in church. Uh, the Hawkins family, Walter, Ed, Tremaine. Mm. Uh, Odia Coates uh, singing, you know, the sang Having My Baby with Paul Anka. And then, you know, as I got older, you know, started to venture out in, you know, uh, you know, little city next to Oakland called El Cerrito. We, we hooked up with a kid by the name of John Fogarty, you know, we had a little group <laughs> called the, the Gollywogs and eventually became Creedence Clearwater. I was about to say, is it for John Fogarty with uh, Creedence Clearwater, yeah, uh, right, uh -huh, John, yeah. John and Tom? Yeah, Walk. right, uh-huh, yeah. And then I, and then there were John, Tom, Stu, and Doug, right? And then I, uh, you know, met, you know, people like Huey Lewis had a, a group called uh, Clover and started hanging out with them. You mean you know, Huey, so, Huey Lewis, like Huey Lewis in the news? Yes, right. Yeah, he had a little band called Clover, you know, goof around okay. him. Jerry Garcia, you know, from... Grateful uh, Dead. Grateful Dead. So let's, let's back up. Let's back up a little. We get a little ahead of ourselves, okay. ladies. Let's back up a little bit. So... Again, like I said, you're one of my favorite mm -hmm. vocalists of right. all time, mm -hmm. and you know I feel like you have the catalog that that can that displays that. So what I want to know is, and I uh, what I feel like a lot of fans want to know: when did you realize that you have this very unique and special voice? You know, well, I always sang. I, you know, when my mom had us in church, and we'd sing in the choirs and things like that. Little choirs when I was five, four, five years old, and I never you know, was out front with it, uh, you know, because I was a little shy. And, uh, and I always I started school early. So everybody was always older than me. And, uh, and so I was kind of like, you know, just in the, in the background, you know, and so um, I went to a fairly large church. And uh, like I said, I just was just one of the, you know, the kids in the youth choir. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would sing around the house and things like that. Then one of my friends, uh, Jerry Butler had a record out called Your Precious Love, and I was oh, a yeah. teenager, and so he asked me to sing it to this girl that lived on the other side of town, and uh, and she 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 loved it, right? And, Your and, Precious and, 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 Love. Yes, right, right, right. <laughs> and so then uh, uh, we were at church. I, I I left the big church and went to a small church, and so then okay. you know quite naturally you know you get a chance to you know you know use your talent. So then you know I started. You know, oh brother, Char you know, everybody called me Charles. That's my middle name. My dad's name is Leonard too. So okay. my family called me Charles. The people who grew up with me called me Charles. And so they said, well, brother Charles, can you sing an A and B selection? So then I started, you know, using my voice. Right. And then they had a guy named Curtis Safford who was older than us. He's like in his twenties, mm. early twenties, and he had gotten out of the Navy. And uh, he was kind of like, you know, everybody kind of gravitated to him. And he had a tape recorder, and. Uh, and all, all of us would go over there and we'd sing uh, on the tape recorder. And he would say, everybody sounds good. He said, but the tape recorder loves your voice. So, he, so then I, that's when I first kind of realized that I had something when he said that. He said, the tape recorder just loves your voice. And so I was like, well, maybe I, I have something, you know. So that was when I had the first inclination that uh, no you know, maybe I could, uh, you know, do something uh, with, with my voice. Yeah. No doubt. Okay, so you end up, you know, let's fast forward a little bit. You end up um, signing a deal with Fantasy Records, and you release right. your first uh, mm -hmm. two singles, um, Lisa's Gone and Feeling Blues, right. I believe 1970, 1971, around that time? Somewhere in 69, 70, 71, somewhere around in there. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, you, yeah. So, so what led to you um, 
you know, signing with Fantasy Records. Because I believe at this time, Fantasy Records was pretty new, if I'm not mistaken. I know they yeah. had the Blackbirds like a little bit later on. And, right. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. That was where your Fantasy Records, had, they mostly did a lot of specialty records. You know, they did, uh, you know, Charlie Mingus and uh, uh, West Montgomery, the West Montgomery Brothers and Brother, different stuff yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. And so um, I was uh, singing at a talent show every Thursday night. You know, I was going to college. And, you know, and they was paying $20 if you won. And, you know, that's a lot of money back then. You know, gas was, <laughs> your gas was 19 cents a gallon. So you just imagine, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, $20, you could uh, ride and fill your cars up with gas for three months almost, you know. No so, doubt. so I was going on every Thursday night. And finally, one night I was there and a guy uh, named Ray Shanklin, who worked okay. for Fantasy Records, asked me if I wanted to make a record. So then I went over. That's when I met John and all those people like that. And then I made a couple records over there. And um, and so uh, you know that was just kind of kind of my start there. And uh, I didn't have a band because I'd you know, been in church because I was like a teenage preacher too, right? I didn't tell you that. So I was singing the choir and I was a teenage preacher for a couple of years. And so then uh, I uh, I did the records. And I think the second record I did, uh, Feeling Blue, my neighbor asked me. She's like, "Well, when are you gonna do a show?" I said, "I don't have a band." So she said, "Oh, the mailman." Yeah, you know, she talked to the mailman. She's trying to get her boyfriend, right? She said, uh, <laughs> his side gig is that he manages bands. Okay. And so then I talked to him. He said, oh, I'm going to take you out to Fremont, California, which is a suburb of Oakland. Okay. And I'm going to hook you up with this little band called the Motown Soul Band. So he takes me out there and I hook up with them. And uh, we did a couple of things together, but uh, half of them were still in high school and the other half were just out of high school. Right. I was like, well, you know, I'm... I'm 21 years old. You know, I, I want to sing in clubs. So I kind of like put them on hold. And then uh, and then I started hanging out with Larry Graham. And uh, now was was Larry was Larry in the um, was, was he in Sly and Family Stone at that time? Yeah, he was in Sly and Family Stone. So I was hanging out with Larry. Okay. And uh, and so then I started hanging out with him and then we were writing songs. And then he was like, we need to get some horns on this stuff. Right. So then he invites uh, this band called Tower Power to come over. And uh -oh. so when they come through the door, I said, oh, these are little kids from the Motown Soul Band, right? So then I reunite with them, and then I started writing for them, and then eventually I became the, the lead singer of the Tower Power. Okay, so let's yeah. talk about that, because this yeah. is my favorite part of, of the Lenny Williams story. Um, okay. When did you, you know, like, what was it like when you first, you know, joined the band? I know uh, Emilio Castillo, he's the, he's the, you know, like the de facto leader of the, mm -hmm. of the group. Right. You know, prior to joining the band, you know, did you ever have the vision or the 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 inclination of wanting to join the group? Because you know, for the most part, you've been a uh, you know a solo artist. Right. So talk about that a little bit. No, I was actually you know I, I'd written for the band. We used to hang out and everything like that. Uh, this guy Louis Gordon was their manager, and okay. he's a real good friend of Slides and Larry's and everybody else. Right. Yeah. So. And he's real kind of flamboyant kind of dude, right? Okay. And so he would always say when I'd be around, "Hey Lenny, why don't you get up and sing a song, sit in, right?" <laughs> you know. And then he's like, "You ought to write with the write for the guys, write with the guys." So then he started me to write with the guys and everything. And so um, I never thought about really joining the band. I just considered myself a you know just a, a singer, right. you know. And I just always thought of myself just being solo. Uh, not that I had anything against uh, being the band. Uh -huh. In fact, I had. Uh, it was around that time that um, someone at uh, Smokey had left the, the Miracles, and I'd gotten a phone call about maybe you know taking Smokey's place, right? Oh, you're gonna be you, you you almost beat uh Billy Griffin to the to the to the 
But so I, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do it because I didn't I didn't see myself being in a group, right? Oh, I didn't, didn't want to see myself being in a in a group. So I kind of I turned that down, right? Wow. And so uh, so I never. So to answer your question, I didn't really see. I looked at Tower Power just like my friends, but I right. never saw myself as being in the group. Mm. And so uh, I took off for a whole year traveling around with Sly and uh, you know uh, Stein the Family Stone going all over the country with them. And uh, Larry was going to produce me. And then all of a sudden, you know, the band was breaking up. Stein Family Stone was breaking up. So all the songs that Larry was going to use for me, right. yeah, he wound up using them uh, on the first Graham Central Station Graham Central album. Station, yeah. So there, there went that. <laughs> and then, uh, so then uh, uh, Rick uh, Stevens, you know, he was uh, the lead singer of Child Power at that time. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, banging heroin. And, uh, you know, so they were having conflicts. And then they, you know, just, you know, and then they're just having the natural problems that, most bands have with singers anyway, you know, sometimes singers can, because they're out front, you know, be a little, you know, arrogant or whatever, or, you know. Now, so. let, let, me, let me stop you for a second, Lenny, because, mm -hmm. uh, again, I'm a huge Tower Power fan. Right I'm a on. huge, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a huge fan of you, but I'm also a huge fan of Rick Stevens. So, right, yeah. you know, I watch interviews with you, but I, I, I never really hear anybody ask you, you know, did you ever have like a relationship with Rick Stevens? Like, how was that transition? Because, you know, at the time that you joined the group, the year before um, the Bump City Project, you know, they had like their biggest hit with uh, You're Still a Young Man, right. you know, which was a smash. And, you know, like you said, um, but Rick was having problems, um, right. you know, he was with, with, with drug use and things like that, uh, things of that nature. So, did, you know, back to my original question, like, did you ever have like a relationship with Rick and, and, and how was that transition? You know? Yeah, well, I, you, know, I, you know, I didn't hang out with Rick like, you know, every day, you know, on the phone, but I knew him and we talked and everything right. like that. So we had a cordial relationship. Right. I remember uh, being, uh, you know, hanging out one night in San Francisco with Rick and, uh, and uh, we were all hanging out, Carlos and, you know, uh, Santana, a bunch of people. And I wound up in the car with me, Rick, uh, Michael Carabello from, uh, you know, from Santana, from Santana. and yeah, somebody, yeah. I think maybe Greg Adams, uh, you know, in Tower Power. Mm -hmm. I wasn't in the band at that time. And then I remember, you know, people were passing around some, you know, <laughs> uh, heroin, you know, uh, but the snort, right? And yeah. then I remember uh, Rick was like uh, handing it to me and he says, uh, you know, because he's older than me, right? And okay. he's like, uh, um, yeah. And I was like, you know, he could see that I was, you know, cautious and you know and i was yeah, and, he, and yeah. he was like uh oh little brother I, I wouldn't give you nothing that would hurt you you know like that you know mm. and then i was i think about that sometimes and i think that he you know i look at his life he you know he wound up you know being involved in a murder where three people got killed in one night uh and he wound up spending you know what pretty much 30, like 40 40 years you know, you're 40 years in prison something like that and then uh and you know it was all because of the heroin but i think at that time he probably really meant that, that it wouldn't hurt you. Cause it's like, oh, what? at that time, you know, he was doing the heroin, but he just came off a hit record. Everybody you know, was doing that as well. He was dressing nice, yeah. riding nice, had yeah. girlfriends galore, you know? So it's like, yeah. you know, so I think that he really was, his state of mind was that, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hurt you. Look at me, right. you know I mean? I, I'm, I'm riding, I'm, I'm riding the high wire, you know, I'm, right, right. you know, I'm riding the wave, you know? And so I remember, you know, wanting to fit in. And so right. I took it and I, uh, 
kind of like faked like I had done it. You're right. You know what I mean? So we all in the car and they're bouncing around and stuff and everybody's talking and I was kind of like, you know, faked it and passed it on. And then, you know, <laughs> it never came back to me. I did, well, right. Whenever it came back, I was like, I'm cool. Right. Like that, you know, and, um, you know, but, you know, Rick and I, you know, over the years, uh, you know, even while he was in prison, you know, we would exchange letters. He would write to me all the time. I've got about maybe 15, 20 letters that the wow. Rick sent me and, uh, and I would, you know, correspond with him, and you know, we uh, talk together and pray together. I would, you know, write letters uh, to try to, you know, to the board to see about, uh, you know, uh, trying to get him out and everything like that. And then uh, when he came home, you know, he called me and, and came out of the house, and I gave him an outfit to put on. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a little bigger than Rick, but you know, you know, and uh, he did his uh, first uh, show and. You know, I could tell he was a little nervous. He wanted me to come go with him, right? You know, come on, go with me. We could sing. I said, no, 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 it's, it's your night, you know. You know, you know let, I don't want to go and, you know, and, they, and we got to share, you know, spotlight. Right. You know, the, the spotlight be on you. You know, you'll be okay. And, right. uh, you know, so we uh, we just maintained a, a good friendship. Um, it was really interesting. Uh, either Rick was a very good actor uh, or he was, uh, you know, but he never ever exhibited any jealousy toward me. I was always know? curious about that because yeah, I'm like, exhibited. man. I mean, if if he if he had yeah, it, he came off if he had smashed. It, that was that was yeah. if he had it. If he was jealous or envious yeah. or whatever, he uh, should have gotten a, an Academy Award because he, <laughs> he never ever exhibited it. You right, know, you right. Just you know, just never ever saw it. You know, what I mean. And uh, yeah, he was always encouraging to me, write me letters from prison, you know, telling me, you know, do this, do that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, I heard about this gig you had and, you know, how you towed the house down and right. so proud of you and all that kind of stuff. You know, so um, uh, I, I kind of think that he felt that uh, in a way that he uh, was uh, a conduit for me to, you know, mm. to get to, you know, get to that you know, get to where I am. That plateau. Uh, yeah, right. That, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, his exit and whatever, you know, was opening the door for me. And so in a way he felt like that, uh, you know, he had, you know, something in, instead of looking at it as a negative, it's like, hey, you know, I, mm -hmm. I was there and I, I left and, and, and Lenny Williams came in and, you know, and so, uh, I, I, you know, I, I opened the door for him, so to speak, you know, as so, I think that's where he looked at it. Yeah. So when, 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 um, you know, we, and we're talking about that, um, that, that crazy day, um, you know, 1972, when he, you know, he ended up uh, being charged with, um, uh, being convicted of a, a, a murder, I believe, um, he killed two people or something like that. I don't really want to go into uh, details of that, but, um, yeah, he killed so, two people, I'm thinking, uh, and I think his, his friend Roy, it was like a drug deal, like a drug deal went bad or something, something. Uh, I think uh, yeah, some people were gunning for him uh, behind, uh, you know, money. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, and 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 I think the way he tells us that he went to talk and, you know, somebody pulled a gun. And, and now now was he was when he when he um, departed, when he ended up going to prison, was he did you guys already have make that transition? Yeah, I was already in the band. Okay, I was, in, I was in the band when I I was in the band quite a while before all that happened. Okay, and it's really funny, you know. My phone rings about three or four in the morning, 
And I answered it. Somebody said, man, the police looking for you. And, you know, what, what you doing? I'm like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm laying in the bed. You know, I'm asleep. You done woke me up. Man, Whoa, you know, so hold up. So Rick actually called you? No, 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 no. Because uh, the po when, 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 that, when that murder went down, you know, then they said. Oh, they was looking Lee for Rick. Yeah, they're looking for Rick. To, you know, on the news, they're saying the lead singer of Tower Power. They oh, and they thought that, it was you. Yeah, they didn't say the ex-lead singer <laughs> right, or something right, like right. that. They just said, oh, the lead singer of Tower Power, right. instead of saying the former lead singer. So then they, you know, everybody's calling me, you know, right. mama, daddy, you know, cousins, right. friends, you know, neighbors, everybody, you know, you know. That, that, how did you take that when you heard that news? Were you very were you surprised? Because again, you you know, I, I just heard how you talked about Rick. You know, did you ever see something like that? You know, being possible involved. You know, as far as like Rick being involved in something like that. No, but I mean, you know, I grew up in Oakland. You know, and uh, you know, got family that you know that was doing things. Right. And you know, when it comes to dealing. You know, what place where there is no laws, you know, right. it's not governed by, you know, you go down to Safeway to the store or the Kroger's or whatever, and you buy some right. milk and it's spoiled, you take it back and they give you your money back and, you know, and right. whatever, you know. Right. Uh, but you're dealing with, uh, you know, substances, you know, that are mm -hmm. illegal. Right. And, and, and you say it ain't no good, right. I want my money back, then the dude that gave it to you is like, oh, you done where is it oh 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 you, oh you you use it up but you said ain't no good <laughs> you know what i mean you want your money back yeah. no so then you, you know then you know then you know anything can happen so wow wow west yeah right so you know i mean so you know that yeah. when you're dealing with that kind of stuff anything could happen no you doubt. know even no a doubt. person who's the nicest person in the world no could doubt. wind up killing somebody or you know even if it's self-defense okay or that you get so wound up on the drugs that you know right. they bring something out in you that uh, you know so i would say if you involved in drugs then anything can anything happen. happen right yeah. you could be the nicest kindest person in the world uh but drugs and 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 money could uh, present scenarios that would cause you to mm. to hurt somebody or somebody to hurt you yeah no doubt no doubt mm -hmm. so again let's let's um let's talk about uh you know, um, that time, that was a very special time period. We're talking about the, the early 70s. You got the Grateful Dead. You got Santana. You have Sly and the Family Stone. You know, what was it like to 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 be in the midst of all of that during that time? Because, um, you know, that was a very special time uh, as far as like music of the Bay Area. What was that like? Well, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, it's like, you know, I didn't, you know, it's not like today you got cell phones you're taking pictures all the time you know right um but i was just navigating you know right. i was just i was i was you know in my early 20s and i was just trying to find my mm -hmm. way so if i wound up hanging out with carlos you know he's just another dude to me you know he was doing more than i was doing or if i was mm -hmm. around you know great for dead or crosby stills and nash or whomever you know they right. was just you know everybody's just trying to make it you know so it's like uh so I didn't, I didn't really look at it like it was rock and roll, and we were doing something historic. You know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get on, and then once I got on, I'm trying to stay on. Right. And uh, so uh, I didn't, you know, I mean, yeah, 
remember just the other day we were talking about, I remember flying on Bill Graham's FM plane and, you know, with Carlos Santana and Bill Graham on there and stuff like that. And uh, it was just, just another day to me. Wow. But, you know, now that I look back at it, I said, oh, man, I was, you know. Yeah, that was historic. You know, that was historic, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, being around the Chambers brothers or, man. you know, whatever, you know. and. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, so I was just, you know, like I said, I was, I was navigating, you know, I was, right. I was, I was trying to, you know, to be a professional, trying to, you know, make a name for myself, desperately trying not to get, you know, I mean, it was an everyday thing. It's like, you know, I, I don't want to get hooked on no drugs, no you doubt. know, but every time you turn around, boom, it was all in your face. It was all, right. it was in the band. It was in Tower Power, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. My, you know, my bandmates, I mean, we, you know, I, I, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, oh yeah. Uh, somebody from Houston. We were talking about rap, and it's like you know, how you know uh, screw music came from uh, from Houston. Uh, you know, the right, boys. right. I said, no, y'all didn't invent screw music. They said, who did? I said, Tom Power. <laughs> they said, man, y'all didn't invent no screw music. I said, yes, we did. And they said, how you do that? I said, because we had about four guys mainlining heroin in the band, and you get man. there and Garibaldi trying to keep it. What is hip? Tell me, tell me what you thinking of. Then by the That's second the verse, drummer, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, he's trying to keep it up, right? Because yeah. he's clean and sober, right? He's trying to keep that beat up. By the time we get to, if you really hip, it doesn't slow down. And, you know, and I said, you know, because you say, oh, the, the heroin boys uh, scored, you know, they, they yeah. scored, you know, they came to a city where, they, you know, they had the connection, you know, yeah. so, uh, you know, it's kind of, you know, uh, funny now, but, uh, Guys were young, though. I guess, you know, it was kind of hard for, you know, like I said, Amelia, I, I, I know he was the leader of the group, but I guess it was kind of hard for him to just, you know, keep everybody, you know, under wraps, you know. Well, everybody was doing it. You know, I, mean, I wasn't. Right. But, I mean, Lenny Pickett wasn't. David Garibaldi wasn't. Mm. But uh, everybody else. Chester. I mean, Chester wasn't. You know what I mean? But, I mean, you know, but people was, uh, people were... Yeah. You know, I mean, there was different degrees, you know. Right, I mean, right. I smoked weed, right. you know. I didn't drink. Right, right, I drank right. pills. Okay. Some people was doing, you know, quaaludes. Mm. Uh, you know, people, you know, you had the heroin boys. You had the cocaine boys. You had the boys that were doing speed balls, you know, mixing heroin and cocaine together. Right. And so, you know, uh, it didn't matter. Leader, non-leader, whatever, you know, <laughs> the crew, you know. Everybody. Nobody was exempt. <laughs> it, it was it was it was it was rock and roll you know what i mean yeah yeah but for me it was it was life i had you know two sons mm. and it's like you know and i'd always you know i mean i grew up doing the newspaper and you know uh doing selling jet magazines you know and i'm reading every every time i open the jet they're talking about you know somebody overdose overdosing yeah. or whatever you know or somebody, that, that, this you know this is when you joined, was like right after Jimi Hendrix passed, I believe. Right, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I remember Nobody getting does. on the plane, and uh, uh, you know, and uh, when Leonard Skinner and them, you know, their airplane crashed, you know, it's just like you know, people was dying all the time. Janis Joplin, Janis Joplin, you yeah. know what I mean, and just uh, Jim uh, Jimi Hendrix, Jim yeah. Morrison, you just name it. Just people dying all the time. So you know, well, my focus was I got to keep on living. I can't. Uh, uh, die out here, you know, you know, just like a common drug addict, right. you know, so I, you know, I, I'm trying to stay away from that, you know, it's no like, doubt. okay, no I smoke a little weed, you know, but, uh, but that was, you know, just put my foot in the three feet and, uh, but I wasn't going anywhere, you know, six feet, nine feet, you know, no doubt. You know, not I, messing I, with I, it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't handle, you know, I just wouldn't go, you know, go, go there. And so as a consequence, 
you know, I'm always on my P's and Q's, you know, mm -hmm. just you know, walk into a room and I see it, you know, you know, I'm trying to, you know, make my exit. I got to, maybe I got to be diplomatic about it. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, cause you know, you got to get along with people. And right. so, uh, you don't want to make people feel uncomfortable around you. I mean, but there were people like Lenny Pickett, you know, he was just, you know, he was like, you know, he didn't do it. And, you know, and, you know, and he, you know, would, you know, be vocal about the fact that right. he didn't like it or whatever, you know. And so, uh, you know, so that was my, you know, my thing. I, I didn't realize at the time that I was doing something, you know, historic or, right. you know, legendary. It's like, you know, this is just everyday living, like I'm mm -hmm. living in the hood, you know, you're living in the hood, you you go over there, that's where them youngsters are that, you know, that might rob you or you right, go over right. here, it's where the, the, you know, something else is happening you know what i There's mean a lot going on yeah you right, know you yeah. also had the, the the black panther party was was really uh powerful at that time and like you said you you, you were friends with um you know you we knew in bobby seal you know mm -hmm. what what was those relationships like did, were you ever did you ever feel like you was uh conflicted you know being a um you know recording artist and and seeing what's going on within the community talk about no, that a little bit but, you know, i mean i was involved in the community you know i mean i had uh, you know, work with youth groups and things like that and things of that nature, I, you know, I, I, I walked tall and I walked erect, you know. So I was, you know, I tried to be a beacon, uh, you know, uh, someone that uh, young kids could aspire to be. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, you know, but I mean, there were times when I felt like, well, you know, maybe, you know, uh, I'm a little too NAC, NAACP ish, or uh, a little too Martin Martha King ish, yeah. and you know, maybe I should be a little more Malcolm X's or a little more Black Panther. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, I had relationships with uh, Huey, especially, you know, we were very, very close friends. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we talked about it and, you know, but uh, Huey realized that uh, a lot of times, every, you know, everybody has a position, you know, uh, you know, on the, on the football field, you know, everybody's got a position, somebody's a guard, you know, somebody's, you know, well, you know, uh, a, 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 you know, linebacker, you know, it's right. just, you know, different, different positions. And, you know, so, you know, maybe my position was to be a singer. He really loved music. You know, he played piano a little bit and right. everything like that. So he loved music and he realized that uh, music was, uh, a, you know, a way to kind of work on, uh, you know, the on race issues and things right. of that nature. And so, you know, he felt like that, that that was my assignment. So I didn't have... That the pressure that I may have had may have been pressure that I put on myself, right. you know, just examining myself and just saying, well, you know, maybe I should be a little more militant or, but then, uh, you know, you know, even, you know, in wars, you know, you have generals who sit down after, you know, a certain part of the war, you know, with you know, the general from the opposition right. and uh, and they sit down and write treaties and shake hands and mm -hmm. have a, you know, cognac together, you know, so, uh, you know, so that's felt like that that was what I was supposed to do. And, uh, you know, and I, but I, you know, I supported in other ways, you know, financially, uh, you know, doing shows, uh, no you know, just, uh, you know, lending my, you know, moral Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So here we go. You know, 1973, you guys released your first album. Mm -hmm. Oh, not this one right here. I thought I had, I thought it was this one right here, the one uh, behind me. But um, it's over there. I, I'm not going to reach for it. But um, the 1973, at, at, at the time that, um, you know, your brother, uh, you know, uh, Larry Graham was releasing, you know, Graham Central Station, 
uh, their first project. You guys uh, were releasing um, the very first Lenny Williams uh, projects, uh, Lenny Williams led uh, project, which mm -hmm. was the self-titled uh, Tower of Power uh, album. So talk about the uh, the direction going into that uh, that album, you know. What was that like putting that uh that first well, it was project really together? interesting because i had taken off a whole year from work and i was getting ready to go back to ford motor company and i just happened to call emilio one night you know just because i knew they were having problems with rick and i was just like mm -hmm. and he had offered me the gig a couple of times and i had turned it down and okay. i think i turned it down one time and one time i accepted it and then you know they got a little nervous and just decided to to stick with rick and so i just happened to go to the studio and I was supposed to go back to work that Monday, and it was the weekend. And uh, and I called me on the phone, and he's like, yeah, "Come on, man, we're working on on our album." I go over, I hear this whole album. It's it sounds great, right? And I sat up with him all night till like five thirty, quarter to six in the morning. Wow! And I drove back to Oakland from San Francisco, and uh, I remember telling my girlfriend at the time, uh, "I gotta go back to work Monday," you know. I so you had a job. I thought you was like a full-time singer, like this is what you was doing. <laughs> oh, no. I had a job, you know, uh, those early uh, records that I did with Fantasy. And then I took off for a whole year and traveled around with Sly, thinking that, you know, either Sly or Larry's going to you know, produce me. Okay. And then that didn't happen. And then I was like, well, the guys from Tower Power have been after me about singing with them. So right. I called Mimi. I, you know, I didn't ask him anything. I just thought that maybe he might just say, right. hey, you know, you know, he didn't say nothing. So then I just went home and you know, getting ready to go to go to work that Monday because mm -hmm. I've been off for a whole year. And so then uh, the phone rang and it was me. He's like, hey, man, we still have problems with Rick. Do, do, do you want the gig? And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And so then I went back and but Rick had his whole voice on the record. And they had taken the picture for the album cover and everything. Wow, hold on, hold on. This uh, is an exclusive right here. I had no idea. Because I'm yeah. the biggest Tower Power fan there is. I had no idea. Talk about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, so he had to, they were mixing the record. He had finished doing the vocals, everything. They were getting ready to, they were in the process of mixing the record. And then they had already taken the album cover shot, done the liner notes, everything. And so. Well, hold up, time out, lady, time uh, out. <laughs> so Rick originally saying so very hard to everything's go. what is hip it's so time it's time it's time is real what is uh, hip uh, yeah all that right yeah wow so then so then what happened was they t i said well take everything off i don't want i don't even want to hear i don't want to hear his voice anymore i don't want to hear what he did because i don't want to be influenced by it i want to do my own thing gotcha. so i just re-sang everything they put the record out right so the record's out, bam, it's hitting. So very hard to go see. So I, I'm going to my friend's house, right? I stop at the liquor store, get me a 7-Up or something. And hold on, hold on, Lenny. You just skimmed over that part because you said they put the record out. Okay, okay but let me tell you this. I'm, I'm telling you a story, right? Okay, They put ahead. the record out. So very hard to go is I was just about to get to that. Go ahead. Yeah, right. It's running up the charts. It's a it's a hit, right? So then they, had, they got the album. Then the album comes out, right? Yeah. So... I'm at the liquor store. That's back in the day when you could go to even to like a liquor store and they had okay. a, a rack there with records on it, right? So mm -hmm. I see the record. So I'm walking over there with my chest stuck out and I look at it. And, you know, they had them little characters of the people. It was a, like they took a, a film, a picture of it, but right. they kind of drew it like it's little characters, right? And who's right in the middle but Rick? His picture. Wow. So then I pick up the album. I turn it around. It's got my name on the back. And it's, it's saying lead vocals, Lenny Williams, 
but so then I go to a payphone. This is pre cell phone, pre beepers, pre all of that, right? And I call my manager because I had a different manager. Right. Uh, that Tower Power had a manager. I, I had a manager who just, you know, I had before okay. I was in Tower Power and I kept my manager. I called her, tell her she gets on the phone calls, Warner Brothers. Then they's like, oh, stop the presses. Let's make sure that all future albums have Lenny's picture on there. And so then what I didn't do, which I should have done, was buy everything on that rack because they are, those are collector's items now, right? Wow, yeah. I never knew that. Uh huh. I yeah. swear I never knew that. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I would love to see that album cover because the only album cover I, I I know of is the like you said the right. the uh, the one that have the, like the caricatures of all you guys and you're right, right clearly now. you're clearly yeah. on that one, right? Yeah. So what they did was they just took Rick out, put me right there. Okay. <laughs> took his picture out and put my picture right there and somehow or another somebody let a few albums get out that had rick still there his, his picture but well, i'm singing I, on the record uh my name's on the back of the record yeah, on all yeah. the liner notes and everything but that yeah. picture was right there right now. i assume we finish this interview i'm running straight to ebay uh -huh. straight to discog straight to amazon i gotta find that i gotta if you find get that it now you got you gotta let me have it now yeah <laughs> i i yeah. gotta have that one that's the only well, get two get the two if you see them right yeah but no yeah. no i got you i got you Liddy. Yeah. i got you so look here we go 1973 the first hit off this album is my favorite one of my favorite Tower of Power songs of all time. So very hard to go. That one went uh, number 17 on the pop charts, mm -hmm. number 11 on the R&B charts, which is amazing, mm -hmm. you know? So talk about that. Like, did you did, did you expect that? Because as big of a hit as You're Still a Young Man was, it, it didn't go, it didn't reach that high on the charts as uh, so very hard to go. So you surpassed, you know, I'm, I'm just being honest. You surpass um, uh, Rick in, in that regard. So talk about that. You know, how how did you feel about that um, that song? And, and talk about the making of the talk about yeah, the making I mean, of it. Was, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was success. It's like you know, coming up from the minor leagues and and you, you know, you hit a home run. You know, right, bang, right. You, you know, and, and you win the game. You know, it's like <laughs> oh man, you know, the rookie did it. Yeah, so it was, yeah. it was it was awesome. You know, that is a classic album. I yeah. love that album. I was listening to that earlier this morning while working out, and I normally don't work out to um, R and B uh, projects. I normally listen to you know hip hop, something upbeat. Right. Mm -hmm. But I love. I, I swear that that is one of my. Um, Favorite uh, debuts by a, a lead vocalist in a band of all time. I mean, you also had uh, "This Time Is Real," uh, of course. What is hip? So, right. what's your what's what's uh, your favorite track on that on that first project? You know, what was one of your what was what was uh, the song you enjoyed recording the most and performing the most on that first project? Probably. So I'd have to say something hard to go because it was a hit. You know, it introduced me to the world, uh, and uh, you know, very special song. You know. Excellent writing, everything. Yeah, it was just perfect for my voice. Matter of fact, Emilio says that uh, that when he was writing the song, he was thinking about me because I was hanging out with the band a lot. Right. Like I said, and I wrote on Bump City album, and I actually I wrote a song on uh, on on that Tower Power album, not even knowing that eventually that I was going to be in the band. Wow. 
I can't even think of the name of the song, but I, I think you did Cle Clever Girl. Did you do? I think I, I sang Clever Girl. I didn't write that though, uh, but I, it was some one of the songs on there. I can't think what you, you know. Yeah, I know you got. I know you got a couple of songwriting yeah. credits well, on that album. Songwriting on the uh, Back to Oakland album. This know, is right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so look, um, you know, like that, like I said, that album I believe went gold. Um, well, eventually, it didn't go gold until after I left. Right, it, it you know. You know, it eventually went gold, right? Yeah. Wow, I had no idea. I thought that album went gold around that time. No. Man, so, you know, um, so what was it like, you know, like I said, you know, you joined a, a band. I believe you and Chester Thompson was like the only brothers in the band. Right. So, so you know, what was, when you joined the band, did you ever have like a vision of possibly, you know, changing a couple of things of incorporating your style or your swagger or, or, or what have you? Because... You know, they had their own thing going on, you know, as far as this blue-eyed soul. And it was great. Not going to lie. It was great. But Lenny was Lenny. So right. talk about that and talk about incorporating your style and what you do uh, with what uh, the guys of uh, Tower Power did. You know? Well, I mean, I was, you know, I mean, I was, you know, I was hood. I was black, you know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, even more so than I think. Yeah, I mean, it's like, how do, you, how do you say somebody's blacker than somebody else? But I think my my experience, Rick and I, our, our, both our experiences were similar. You know, I was talking to him, and I didn't realize that when he was a, a teenager that he was in the California Youth Authority, you know, okay. you know, prison for youth, and I was too. Now, <laughs> Rick, Rick is from Arizona, right? Uh, I think Rick, I don't know exactly where Rick's from, but I think he lived up uh, in Reno. Reno, Nevada. Yeah, he lived yeah, in Nevada okay. when he was younger. Then he came out here and went to school. We went to the same school. Me, him, and Rufus Miller all went to the same school. Oh, that's yeah. the later. That's the the lead that's singer the, that came a couple of a couple of no, hours no, Rufus, after you. No, Rufus Miller was the first lead singer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Rufus yeah, Miller, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, he was the first lead. That's singer. on the East Bay East Bay East Grease Bay Grease, project. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. East Bay Grease. He sang every song on East Bay Grease mm -hmm. except for "Sparkling in the Sand." Rick sang that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, so. So all of us went to the same, you know, grew up in the same neighborhood, which is really right. kind of interesting. Uh, but uh, but so Rick and I had, uh, you know, uh, similar upbringings, but uh, I don't think that Rick went to church as much as I did. And so I think that I brought a little bit more, you know, uh, the churchy feeling. And then uh, I had, uh, I, I wasn't too much of an integrator because I had, uh, you know, during that time period, uh, you know, prior to being in Tower Power, I was doing a lot of a reading of uh, Elijah Muhammad. Mm. Uh, I was, uh, you know, with Huey Newton and Bobby Seale. Although Huey Newton and Bobby Seale, a lot of people think of Black Panther Party as being this uh, violent, uh, all-black organization. But you could go right. by the Panther headquarters sometime, there'd be more white people in there than it was black people, mm -hmm. you know. So they weren't. And that's what I meant, like the conflict, you know, yeah, right. being, in a, no, being, a, being no. in a band, you know, with, you know, with you and Chester, only the bro only brothers in the group. And right. that's what I meant, like, the, you know, was there yeah, ever like was, any conflict? There wasn't, there wasn't very much conflict uh, in the band, really, uh, around race. Matter of fact, I remember when I first got in the band, Chester and I first got in the band, me, Chester, and, and uh, uh, Bruce Conti all joined the band around about the same time, you know, on that album, right? And uh, so I, I guess the obvious... Uh, Thing that people would do is like to put Chester and I in the because back then you know the band was still struggling so right. everybody we doubled up 
you know, on, in the rooms. You know, everybody had a, a roommate, right? So the obvious thing would be that uh, me and Chester would stay together. So, you know, so they didn't want to do that. You know, it's like, oh, the two black guys over there. So Greg Adams was my first uh, roommate. And it's really interesting. During that time period, I used to use Magic Shave. You know, the shave. <laughs> they had, right? Hold on, hold on. They had Magic Shave back then, Liddy? Oh, man. So, yes, they did. Uh -huh. uh, right. I so that. I was using Magic Shave. You know, that stuff yeah. stink, you know. It's like chitlins, yeah, yeah. you know. And so Greg, I, w I would never try to use it when Greg would be in the room. So, like, he'd go off and be writing a charge <laughs> or something with Mimi. And then I'd yeah. use my Magic Shave. He'd come back in the room. And I remember the first time he came back in the room, he was like, oh. You know, he was gagging, <laughs> carrying on. So, you know, that was kind of interesting. So, uh, but we managed, Greg and I managed, uh, and then uh, eventually Chester and I did wind up being uh, roommates. It was just easy, you know, just, okay. uh, you know, it was just, you know, it was just easy, you know, yeah. being Chester's roommate, you know, I, right, right. just because he, uh, who Chester is, and then the fact that we both are, you know, African American yeah. uh, just made it uh, even more. Uh, like it was the the right, right thing to do, right? You still you still talk to Chester? I do, yeah. Uh -huh. Not you know not every day, but I talk to him. Yeah, you know, we still have a relationship. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So and look, so let's 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 fast forward. You know, here we go. We, and I'm not gonna go through every album, Lenny. Just letting you know, okay. but I gotta get to some of these signature albums. Okay. Uh -huh. So look, the next album. Here we go. My favorite album, Tower Power. Okay. That back to Oakland. This is my baby right here. Uh huh. So uh, here we go, um, 1970, 1973, I think uh, both of these albums came out the same year, if I'm not mistaken, or, or did, did this come out in 74? I think it came out in 74. Yeah. Okay, okay, so back to Oakland, matter of fact, yes, 1974. So um, we got Don't, Ch uh, uh, Don't Change Horses in the Middle of a Stream, mm -hmm. you know, we have uh, Time Would Tell, you know, oh, I mean, some classic records came off this project right here and what i also noticed you started to do uh uh i noticed that i see your name a little more in the songwriting so talk about that you know yeah well, i mean i think it's just a natural progression because i was writing for the band on two of their prior albums you know uh before i got in the band and actually uh like on the entire power album i wasn't even in the band when i wrote that song and so i don't think that you know they you know Mimi and Doctor were the primary writers, and so uh, so I guess the way that they you know envision their band, uh, mm -hmm. the, you know I, I wouldn't have been writing a lot of songs prior to being in the band, but once I got in the band, then I'm saying right. okay, I, you know I want to sing you know yeah. some of the stuff that I'm feeling you know you know, and so I kind of put my stamp on uh, you know on the songwriting. You know, right, I, right. I, I didn't just take it over and write all yeah. the songs. But I think I wrote about four songs or something like that on okay. on the Back to Oakland album. You know, uh, I wrote the Don't Change Horses with Johnny Guitar Watson, and uh, just when we started making it uh, with Mimi and Doctor, and I can't How think can of I other songs. Oh yeah, man, yeah, 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 that's my that's my favorite Tower of Power. So now that is my number one favorite Tower of Power song of all time right just there. when we start making it just when we start making when them horns come in uh -huh. and yeah. and this and this was you know when you 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 mentioned earlier about um you know that first album originally being done with rick vocals and you was talking about like uh so very hard to go i can see where you probably added you know your own that that lenny that thing that lenny do with that you know like when when i think of like so very hard to go I can hear Rick on it, but I can hear the parts on the song where I know you added those 
those uh vocal acro acrobats i like to call you know mm-hmm. like that when did you develop those things like those ad libs that you do and you know what i'm talking about i don't want to go ahead and and try to repeat what you do because i'm nowhere near the singer that you are but how did you develop that style that we know and love you know when did that when did that come about well i think i had a band i had a small band uh um prior to being in tower power maybe i maybe like a a year, mm. year, year and a half before I got in Tom Pound, we were doing a lot of playing. So I was singing a lot of songs. I was singing, you know, what's on the radio. Right. Every time something new would come out, I'm singing it. Pop so 40 stuff. I, yeah, right. So then I noticed it when I'm singing an Al Green song or Eddie Kendrick song or, mm-hmm. you know, a Spinner song. There were certain things that I would do. Hey, you know. There we go. You know, <laughs> you know different stuff like that. So then there I said, go. okay, that's, that's me. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, I love you so. You know, uh, you know. I'm, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm starting to notice that no, no matter what song, OJ song, Spinner song, yeah. Temptation song, I'm doing this. You so know what then, I'm talking about, right? So then, you know, that's that's me interjecting, you know, yeah. myself, you know. And so then I'm saying, okay, that's that's what I do. And then, um, you know, you just let the music kind of lead you to, you know, that's amazing. You know, you know, to you know to to do what you want to do you know yeah, or do what yeah. you feel yeah. and i think because of him being a preacher and right right you know growing you know and uh you know you know being in a church where you let the the spirit take over so to speak right. uh that uh you know it just it, 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 was, it was kind of spiritual plus right. i had been you know i've been I, you know i've been on a, on this journey you know for i think since I was like right. 20, when I decided that I was gonna make singing my profession. And so I think, so that was what, 73. So mm. I was, you know, so I guess, you know, maybe I've been doing it for four, I was only gonna four, four, four or five year quest mm. to make this happen. Right. And so, when I finally got the opportunity, I got a record company behind me, a band behind me, you know, marketing and sales. Right. It's like, you know, it, it, it just all came out. You know, it's like, right. hey, this is my this is my shot, you know. So everything that I had learned or every little lick that, I, you know, that I had, you know, learned by osmosis, you know, from all the singers that I was singing their songs just Right. kind of came out and it, you know and it would you know i internalized it and then when it came back out it you know it came out you know my interpretation of no doubt, no sam doubt. cook or yeah. philippe Wynn or you know eddie kendricks or yeah. david yeah. ruffin or whomever you know lloyd price yeah. you go all the way back you know to you know to billy you know, Eckstein, you know, all, all of that yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know arthur price uh, you know you just name it, all the people that i had listened to my whole life yeah yeah, I I had to ask about that because I, I, I you're known for those 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 you know those unique ad libs and those yeah. vocal acrobats, man. So you know I'm I'm glad that you got an opportunity to share that with us. So you know let's 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 fast forward a little bit. We go talk about this uh this urban renewal project. I believe that was the last project that you did with uh, Tower Power. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I noticed things. It, that project sound a little different and when i mean it sounded a little different as far as the um the content 
uh, the the substance. You know, you guys talked a little bit. It, it, that album sounded a little bit more uh, social conscious, a little bit more political than the previous uh, two projects. You know, you got uh, uh, songs like "There's Only So Much Oil in the Ground" and you know songs like that. So, um, whose direction was that to go? You know, whose idea was to go in that direction? When you know, I purposely made up my mind that I wasn't going to do very much writing on that record right. because I knew that I was going to be leaving the band. And then I've been writing a lot with Mimi and Doctor, right? And so uh, uh, I think on the on that was that which record did we do that was uh, willing to learn? Was willing to learn? That's on um, that's on Urban Renewal. Yeah, right. Okay. And so uh, when they brought Willing to Learn to me, I was like, "Wow, that's I could have written that record, right?" So I was thinking, you know, it's sort of like timing between, say, Jerry Rice and and Montana or Jerry mm -hmm. Rice and, uh, you know, uh, Young, you know, uh, that, you know, when he do this, he fixing to run this route and he going to be over there. You know what I mean? That's Nobody, the Bay Area you know, talk. That's more Bay Area talk. Yeah, right. Or, or any, you know, anybody. You know, we can say, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, name it. You know, but you, uh, had, you had to go to the 49ers, though. Right. <laughs> well, I'm a Raider fan, so I'm just, I'm just talking about excellence right now. You know uh, what I mean? Uh, right. Yeah. So I could go I back to Daryl LaMonica and you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Warren Wells or you Belitnikov. know, yeah, or Belichick or right, yeah, Fred or something like that. You know, so you know, but nobody out there on that whole field know, but you know that when his hand drop, uh, whatever that, you know, that he fixing to, to do this and then yeah. do that, you know what I mean? And so uh -huh. I said, wow, you know, I'm, I felt like that I was, I was becoming so predictable to them that, that they could write, they could write my songs without me even being in the room. Right. So I said, mm. it's time for me to back off because mm. I know I'm going to be leaving. And I I want to take that with me because that's gonna that's gonna be my pathway to success, my okay. songwriting, you know, and my expression of my songwriting. But I I can't give it away, mm -hmm. you know. And so uh, I just made a cerebral decision not to write. I think I only wrote maybe one song or two songs on that album, mm -hmm. and uh, and I just uh, I just go with whatever you know whatever was presented to me, you know, okay. and I, you know, sing it, you know, my heart out. And I think I really did that on uh, Willing to Learn. I mean, I, that's like one of my favorite Power Power songs. I love that song. It's I love, funny, I love, you know, yeah. I remember one time I was riding and after I left Tower Power and I was in a, I gave me a little band out of New Orleans and we were riding down the road, had done a gig and heading to the next town about three or four o'clock in the morning. And I hear this song on the radio, right? And I was like, oh. Yeah, you know, I said I used to be a teenage preacher. So in the Bible, right. they talk about this guy that was at the pool. I think it's cool of the pool of the Bethsaida or something like that. Mm -hmm. And every time he wanted to go, the water would stir. And if you got in the water, you would be healed, right? And he was crippled, and he never could get in the water. No doubt. And uh, so Jesus passed by and said, "Well, wilt thou be made whole? You want to be made whole?" And he's like, "Yeah, but every time." I get ready to get in the water. Somebody gets in there before me, you know, mm. and I can never get home, made whole, right? So then I made that personal. So I'm trying to get a hit record, right, right. after I leave Tower Power. So I'm riding down the freeway, uh, down the road, this country road, and I hear this song, right? And 
Adam said, that's a bad song. I said, I wonder who that youngster is, right? And I say, uh, it, here's another youngster that then got in front of me. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be the next cat, you know, that's got a hit. And this youngster, whoever he is, is in front of me. Then the chorus comes on and it's willing to learn. And it's, it's me, <laughs> you know, so the young, yeah, I was like, oh, be damn. I'm thinking that but this has got to be a, this is a bad little dude, right? And I, you know, I forgot the song, right? You know, and, wow. and, and then it's like, oh my God, that's me. That's me, you know, yeah, yeah. five years ago or seven years ago or whatever, right? Yes, yeah, so it was. Really <laughs> that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So, so you end up, um, you know, so was that transition pretty smooth? Because, um, you know, when you, when you end up leaving Tower Power, you, you end up uh, putting out your, um, your first solo project on Warner Brothers, uh, the Pray for the Lion album, right, uh -huh. but they was also still recording on Warner Brothers as well. Right. Yeah, the Pray for the Line album wasn't a commercial success. I was still with Child Power when I did that. And oh. then uh and then I did the uh Ryan Stephen Beauty album. On Motown. Well, actually I did it while I was still with Warner Brothers. And then when I left, they gave it to me. Oh man. Another yeah. exclusive. Another yeah, exclusive. Yeah, they gave it to me. Part of my part of my package to leave, my exit package was I think they gave me I don't know, $25,000, $30,000. Plus they gave me the record. And and then I went to Motown and Motown gave me $65,000. Mm. And uh, and I just gave them that record which was already finished. Right. And uh, and I, that record had, had Cause I, I Love You on it. Yeah. But it, it, was, it didn't have the talking in it. Didn't have and, none of that. It was much shorter. And it was much shorter, and it was yeah. uh, a little faster, too. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was a little faster, right? Did Frank, did Frank Wilson, did he produce that one? No, I did that myself. Me and Chester produced that album. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. Now, who I, produced who produced the uh, the Pray for the Lion uh, project? Eugene McDaniel's. Uh, that, oh, uh, used to work with uh, Roberta Flack. Roberta Flack, right? He yeah. will feel like making love and yeah. he wrote the song "100 Pounds of Clay." Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So here we go. You know, you dropped uh, you know, the Rise Sleeping Beauty uh album. You know, really wasn't a lot of hits uh, off that project, but I, I really, I still believe that it was a solid project. The vocals yeah. were still intact. Right. Um, and now we're going, and, and you end up signing with ABC Records. And at this time, ABC was on fire. They had Steely Dan, they had the Four Tops, they had the Dramatics. The so yeah. the flo exactly. Tom the Petty. The right, Floaters, yeah. Tom Petty. We can go on and on and on. Crusaders. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So talk about that, you know, because this project. The the next two projects that I'm about to talk about is pure Lenny Williams greatness, and I'm talking about that choosing you project, that first ABC project. Right. What do you think about that, and what led to you know? Do you feel like this was the coming out party for Lenny Williams? You know. Well, you know, I was. It was really funny. I had the Earth Wind and Fire came to town, and they were doing a show, and I think they had Bruce Bruce on the show or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember going to that show, and I put out. Uh, the Pray for the Lion, and it didn't happen. I put out the Rise, Sleep, and Beauty, and it didn't happen. And so I was there, and I was, you know, somebody walked up to me and said, man, you should have never left Child Power, right? And then uh, <laughs> and then I started thinking about it. I said, you know, maybe they're right, you know? And, okay. Uh, so I remember I being really kind of dejected, and then my manager, uh, I, I had asked Suzanne to pass, uh, if I could leave Motown. And she was like, well, why do you want to leave? I just said, I don't know. I just want to just be loose. You right. know, I just think I could, if I'm loose, I don't have any pressure on me. I just be creative, you know? So mm -hmm. she let me go. 
And then, uh, then my manager called me and said that ABC was interested in me coming over. Who was and, running ABC at that time? Uh, well, uh, Otis Smith was at ABC over the black department. And, you know, he eventually Otis Smith left and he got Beverly Glenn Records and he did the big Bobby. Bobby Womack. Womack. Thank and, you. And, and thank you. Thank and you. Anita, loving that. Yeah, and yeah. Anita Baker. He did the, the first couple of yeah. Anita Baker records. With Angel you know, and all yeah, them right, songs. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So he was, uh, you know, he was a hell of a record man. Mm -hmm. So Otis Smith wanted me. Right. And so then I go over there and then they said they're going to, you know, Lenny, you produced your last two records. I, I don't want you to produce the records. And so it was an easy sell for me. And I was like, okay. And he said, I'm going to hook you up with Frank Wilson. And so I said, okay. So the first song that Frank Wilson sent me was Riding the High Wire. So it was R&B-ish. It was, had a nice little message to it. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wow, this is, this, is, this is nice. You know, this is, you know. And then I think the next Now, let me stop you for a second. Please uh -huh. don't forget your thought. I just want to interject yeah. for the fans. Uh-huh. At this time, Frank Wilson was on fire. For those who don't know, he right. at the time he was producing for Eddie Kendricks, and he produced mm -hmm. for the Temptations and all that. So Frank mm -hmm. Wilson, rest in peace. He 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 was on fire. So he was on fire, right? He yeah. was on fire. Go ahead, and continue, so, brother. So then, uh, so I, I I talked to Frank, and I was telling him uh, that I you know I wanted to, and I think the next record he sent me was like "Look Up with Your Mind." Look you know? up with your mind. Yeah, right. <laughs> So what, it, it's R&B, melodic, that. you know, great chorus, everything. I said, oh, my God, this is this is what I want to do. I want to sing this black music. It was something that's what's happening right yeah. out of the hood, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, so but, I, but I did tell him that I wanted to write some of the songs, right? So he said, okay, you know, whatever you write, you know, I'm and, and, and my songs, your songs, everybody's songs going to go in you know, in the pot and we're going to pick the best songs, you know, yeah, so, yeah. you know, uh, you know, don't carry your feelings, you know, in, in your, in your feet, you know, you know, just be willing to, you know, trust me and trust the process. Mm. So I sent him choosing you. He loved it. Choosing yeah, right, you. Yeah. Matter of <laughs> fact, that was, that was my first song that I wrote oh, on man. guitar all by myself. I'd written songs with other people, you know, playing a little guitar, and then okay. I kind of handed off to them. Who were some of the musicians on that project? Uh, Ray Parker Jr., uh, uh, Paul Jackson Jr., mm. uh, uh, Wawa Watson, uh, 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 Jim Gatson. Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, just all all the bad cats. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Yeah, uh, I think uh, James Jamerson. You know, oh, uh, the, you know, the you know, senior and junior. You know. Mm. Uh, a lakeside singing background, you know, that's, they was trying to make, they, they would just come to LA trying to make it. And yeah. Yeah. Singing background. Yeah, cause so. I, I believe their first project was on, um, was on ABC records too. I think it was going by another name though, I believe. Uh, yeah. Right. And so lakeside and, uh, singing background and stuff like that. You know, and, it's, uh, and, and talk about that, that, uh, shooting. Foo -hoo -hoo. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yo, what 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 does that mean? Like, I always wanted to know how did you guys, you know, I, I don't. Uh, how did Frank come up with that, or you? How did how yeah, did y'all come that. up Me with and that? A friend of mine named Bernard Thompson wrote that. It was really funny because at that time, uh, <laughs> uh, Natalie Cole was hitting, and she had a shuffle, and then um, Lou Rawls had a shuffle. Uh, uh, he was on Philly Philly, Philly International, and he, no he had a shuffle, uh, and uh, and I was like. Now, when you mean a shuffle, explain that to us. Because when I think of shuffle, I think of like this time it's real was a shuffle. 
you know. Okay. I'm like, thinking. I, I think of what's the guy? He's from here. Um. Ugh, the hustle. I think of songs like that. Is that oh, yeah, is that right. is that yeah. considered like a shuffle? Yeah. Lady love. Oh. Okay. Right okay. Now, okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, and so kind of like, disco is kind of. You know, gotcha, so, gotcha. You know, so and so, gotcha. uh, I uh, called my friend Bernard Thompson. He lived in in San Diego, which is about an hour, hour and a half from Hollywood. And I was like, man, I'm down here recording. Why don't you come down, bring your guitar, and uh, you know, let's write a song. Right. So uh, he came down, and so I'm just, I'm just, I'm thinking about myself. You know, I just got in town and I'm looking around, trying to get something going. Yeah, lick my finger, put it up in the wind, see yeah. which way my fate is blowing. Yeah. I'm walking through Hollywood, trying to find something good, you know, gets, you know, whatever. Then I get to the chorus and I'm like, what am I going to say? So I'm thinking, so we're doing the shuffle, so maybe I'll scat, you know. So, mm. you know, so I didn't do like the traditional scat, but I said, shoo foo 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 shoo foo 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 And then, boom, up. And it's funny, I wrote that, we wrote that, and I called Frank up and uh, went down to the studio. He was down to the studio, gave it to him. He said, I love, I love it. And, uh, and then two days later, we, we were recorded, and you know, a couple months later, it was out. You know, the rest is history. The charts, right? Yeah, so yeah. It was like we had like an assembly line going. It was like you know, the music business. It was just, it was flowing. Yeah, yeah. That album, I love. Like I said, man, so many great songs. Shoot, uh, you know, uh, shooting foo foo ooh. Uh, look at what your mind choosing you. I mean, every song on that first album, and this is the sleeper song. This is the sleeper song to me. I've been away from love too long. Yeah. My son, uh, my, my, my baby son loves that. First of all, I'm just a lonely man. My phone's ringing day and night. You might say I'm really popular. Beautiful thing that's filled my life. Yeah. Yeah. My son loves that song. Like, uh, uh, oh, man. Art Powell and... Man, you sound like it's 1977, Lenny. Uh, I swear. I'm a, a Art Posey and Joseph Powell wrote that. Yeah, they were. Okay. The, yeah, right. And uh, yeah, they were wow. great, great songwriters. Yeah, and uh, great album. Yeah, great album. Even down to the last track. Uh, you know, the last two tracks, "Trust in Me" and "Problem Solver." Ain't yeah, right. Yeah. Not a dud on that song, man. Yeah. Shout out to you and shout out to the late uh, Frank Wilson, man. Gotta, yeah. gotta, gotta say that, man. You guys yeah. put yeah. put together mm -hmm. a phenomenal project. So. Right. Let's go to the next uh, album, Spark of Love. Spark of Love, nineteen seventy-eight. Yeah, now this one, mm -hmm. you're thinking, how could he top this one? This is right. a really good album. How could Lenny top this? Mm -hmm. Here he come with Spark of Love, and this album, the 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 first single, um, the first single, the song, the biggest hit on that album wasn't the first single. So talk about that. Yeah, I think the first it was a Midnight Girl. I think I'm not Midnight sure. Girl. Midnight yeah, right. Girl was the mm -hmm. first was the first yeah, single, which was written a by uh, Frank uh, 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 Terry McFadden and I can't think of this other guy's name, uh, but John Footman, right? I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they wrote that. They wrote a lot of all three of them used to write a lot for Eddie. Right. Uh, then I think then uh, then I think you got me running was on. The you got one. me running. You got me running, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Clay, yeah. Clay Drayton wrote that song. I think him and uh, Terry McFadden. Okay. And uh, and then I had uh, 
I'd been on the road singing Cause I Love You, right? It was really funny when I when I did. I... Talk about that. Hold on, we got to stop for a second. Talk about the origins of that song. Because again, right. that song was originally on 1975's uh, Rise, Sleeping Beauty. It was a, right. it was a shorter version. Mm -hmm. but, but talk about that. Give us the origin of that song. Well, so I, I, I did that song. It was really funny. Um, Willie Sparks, who was the original drummer in Grand Central Station, so him and Larry got into it, and Larry fired him. Or, you know, he quit, whatever. You know, right. I think it was a combination of both. So, you know, Willie started playing with me. And so Willie was like, man, I'm really a, a funk drummer, you know, and I like to play hard and right. loud. And, you know, you sing a lot of ballads. So I think I'm, you know, I'm probably not, you know, the best guy for you. Right. He said, but, uh, man, if I was you, that song Cause I Love You, he said, man, I'd slow that song down and i put some talking in it. And then, you know, Willie, Willie was real arrogant, you know. <laughs> you know, he was a, a you know, Oh, right. You yes. know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I just, you know, kind of dismissed what he said. And then, but then I went on the road and I was singing it, right? And and then I, I don't know if I was thinking about what he said. I guess in a way I did was, and we slowed it down, put some talking in it. And and so then uh, this is between the Rise, Sleep and Beauty album and choosing you right and and then uh you know so i perfected that song i mean it was like i mean i could just sing it at shows and people just go crazy right so i'm telling frank about it i said man i got this song and i sing it and uh you know and he said well is that the one you don't want i said no it, it it's the same song but it's just totally different totally different mm -hmm. so i let him hear it the way we do it he i think he came to my show he said oh yeah 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 it's great and he said, you know, because so, I had I had a whole lot more talking than it is on that record, right? And he had, oh, okay, it was more because that song is like seven minutes long. Yeah, right. I was in there talking about when my mom and daddy's gone on in, and and <laughs> uh, didn't you know, and and everybody turned it back on me. I was, you know, right. And so uh, Frank said, we got to cut some of it down, so we cut it down. And then the day that I recorded it, uh, you know, he said. Andre Crouch and, uh, and his sister Sandra been wanting to come by the studio, uh, you know, check you out. He said, You mean the, said, the gospel? gospel? Yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, because wow. I grew up with Andre and them, right? Uh, you know, they grew up in LA, I grew up in Oakland, but, you know, okay. we used to fellowship, you know, uh, the Hawkins yeah. and all those, we all had our yeah, I know, know they're from the West Coast. I knew yeah, that. Yeah, right, yeah, huh, right. So, we you know, we they'd come to Oakland, we'd have, uh, you know, uh, right. musicals, and we just be trying to outdo them, send them back to L.A. crying, and we go to L.A., they trying to send us back to Oakland crying, and, you know, and, uh, you know, so we just be, you know, just the Slides slide family, the Stewart yeah. family, you know, it's like yeah. everybody just had their groups, right? Right. So I grew up with Andre and them, and, uh, and so uh, him and Sandra came, so you just imagine, I'm in the studio singing, and Andre Crouch is just looking right down my throat. You know, I mean, you know, the greatest gospel arranger alive you know, at that time. A, right. That's you know? a fact. That's a yeah, fact. Yeah, right. And so it just made me, yeah, I said, I got to make Andre shake or yeah. feel something, feel the blow spirit. His, blow, blow his socks off. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I said, I was just, I was just trying to come with everything I, you know, I knew and I had, you know, to, uh, uh, to you know, to get a reaction out of Andre. Yeah. 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 What was it like performing that song? You know, like. Well, I mean, it's still the same, you know. I'm mean, talking about. I, I know it's. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I'm talking about when the initial reaction when you finally perfected it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. How did you did you ever realize like this is going to be this is go this is going to be a classic song? When did well, you realize that? Well, I I didn't realize it was going to be like the, it is like you know that it, you know I don't know when that was it 35, 40, 40 years yeah. ago that it was it wasn't released as a single. I don't ne- believe. never was released as a single that it could be so monumental in my you know career and everything. But uh, you know it's just uh, it's one of those. One of those things, yeah. yeah and I'm just yeah. so grateful, you know, uh, you know, for you know, just being the, you know, the the writer, you know, one of the writers. Me and my friend Michael Bennett wrote it, and uh, you know, and being, uh, you know, uh, you know, the produ- you know, the right. publisher of it, and uh, being able to perform it, you know, every night, you know, I just uh, that's being able to take care of your family with that song, that oh, that yeah. song alone. Yeah, I was uh, able to, you know, send. Kids to college. I know you got a daughter that's like a scientist or something like that. Yeah, but buying, you know, buying everybody, uh, yeah. help them, everybody get a house. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that song them about, about, about eleven houses. Uh huh. You know the thing. If only see this is the thing. It's like that song in a way, and and, and 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 excuse me when I say this, it's almost like I feel sometimes like it's, it's a gift and a curse because a lot of people associate you strictly with that song, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. Lenny has. Lenny has songs. He has great albums. That is not. Right. He is not a. Uh, you know what a certain people would call a one hit a one hit wonder. Like right. to be honest, that's not my favorite Lenny Williams song. Yeah, people say to me all the time, "Oh, I I love your song." You know, like that's the only song I ever no, did. You no, no, right. they, yeah. they need to hear these. But you know, albums. but the thing about it is, though, I can't get mad at it because that uh, that song has just been because to be honest. If um, if I was uh, it's not the best Lenny. Okay, let me right. stop. Let me if, stop. If, if people get mad at me, uh-huh. I'm gonna but leave if, it alone. But if I was, if I, if I, if I had to work off a of Tower Power songs that I did for Tower Power or the song I did with Kenny G, I probably wouldn't be working. You know, people don't call me to sing. Right. Don't make me wait for love, or they don't really call me to sing. So very right. hard to go. They don't call me to sing. You know, this time it's real. But because they call me to sing. Cause I love you, I can throw in, you know. Right. Uh, so very hard to go, you know. Right. Uh, I, you know, yeah, it's I a do, great song. I, I, I love the song. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite. I'm, I'm just for no, the I record. I just want people to know that That's this brother has this brother has an immense body of work, an immense catalog that mm-hmm. you guys need to check out. I'm talking about some really great, not songs, great albums, mm-hmm. and I really feel like. In my opinion, I don't feel like you get your just due because that your voice alone, you can sing the goddamn uh, excuse my language, but you can sing the damn uh, phone book, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a hit because you have that it's that voice that and when you you know when you get just some decent songwriting, which you know you for the most part you 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 have been given great songwriting, which a lot of you you know you you have put you know um, work it, 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 you've been involved in. But the 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 combination of your voice and great songwriting is just it's it's phenomenal, and I just have to say that to you, uh, Lenny. No, I appreciate you, that, right? Yeah, I, I you got me through a lot of a lot of dark days and hard times in my life, man. Just listening yeah. to your music, brother. No, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, and it's just really kind of interesting. I get it all the time. I oh, I love your song. You know, and it's like they they don't know that you know, or, or you know, they just forget about all the other stuff. Or reach out with your mind. Like, uh-huh. Come on, yeah, reach uh-huh. out with your mind. Uh-huh. I, you got me running. 
Yeah. I mean, I can go on and on, man. You, 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 the cat is so very hard to go. I remember when I was going through. Oh, I don't even want to talk about it, but man, yeah. you get, yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, your songs has got me through a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, not absolutely. just me. Yeah, a lot it's of people. amazing, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I appreciate uh, you know the the compliment and 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 you understanding you know that. Uh, you know that. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess it's like Urkel. You know, I mean, the guy's a great actor, but everybody remembers him as it's being, Urkel, right. you know, be, you know, Jaleel White. Everybody remembers right. him as being Urkel, and you know, the guy can be, you know, romantic, and he, you know, he could be an action guy. You know, got the body and everything, but uh, you know, so, but that song has just been so phenomenal that it, it, it wipes away all of the. The pain, or, and that's or, what I mean—the gift and the curse. Yeah, the insult, or yeah. whatever, the slight. It's a know, classic. It's, I'm not yeah. taking nothing. That, that, uh-huh. The song yeah, is right, phenomenal. Yeah. It's you, phenomenal. It, I, that song has probably generated somewhere close to a couple of million dollars. I believe just I believe. that I can that it. song. You know, I mean, I uh, Kanye it. and Twister sample, Scarface and Japanese. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, just yeah. you know, just like you know, it's like it's just. Um, and, and what it has done for me is it allowed me to uh, sing my catalog because people come to hear that and, you know, and I do it last. So you got to stay. And, oh, I didn't know you did that. I, you got to you know. get, you got to get yeah. shoot foo foo. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You got to get all that. Get mm-hmm. get, got to get the whole Lenny Williams bag, which is, right. which is, which is not a bad thing. No. So, 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 you know, I don't want to stay on this, this, this too long. But just give us a little inspiration behind that song, you know, because it's a lot going on in that song. Yeah, it was really interesting because uh, I had uh, a house at that time and uh, I was getting some work done on it. And so this guy that was uh, uh, the carpenter that was doing the work kept telling me about his son, how phenomenal his son was as a songwriter, dancer, right. musician and everything. So it's like, OK, everybody thinks their kids are great. Right. You know, so finally. <laughs> right. You know, after him, you know, browbeating me, I, you know, I uh, relented and said, "Okay, I'll meet your son." So I met his son, and his son was everything that he said he was. Mm-hmm. But his son would tell me all the time that he had to be inspired to write a song. He had to have right. some kind of inspiration. And I was telling him, you know, over at Motown, those guys go to work like a regular job. They punch in, assembly they line, and they sit down, they start writing. And Barry Gordy come through there, and. Mm-hmm. Or Mickey, uh, what Stevenson or somebody come through there? Right. What you got? You know, checking it out. Holland, Georgia, Holland. Mm-hmm. And so I said, so what would you do if you was Barry Gordy offered you a job over there, and uh, you know, you say, well, I, I, I wasn't inspired today, uh, Mister Gordy. I can't write nothing, you know. And he said, no. I said, you'd have to write, right? And so he, I, I got him to buy into that. Mm. Uh, and so this particular morning, he came by for our regular writing session. And I was like, man, I don't really feel like it. And he was like, why? And I was like, I mean, my girl kind of got into it and I'm just, you know, just not in the mood. He said, would you tell Barry Gordy that? And I was like, no. He said, well, come on then. So we went in there and sat down, dun, 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 you know, and that's, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. The rest is history. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, now, again, you know, I was just like being born when that song came out. So. When that song came out, was that play, even though it wasn't released on a single, how did what was the reception like as far as like radio play? Did it, you know, how did, how did that uh, come about, you know? Yeah, they just start playing on the radio and people was requesting it. And it was just, you know, it just sold the albums. You know, right. you, you you had to, if you wanted that song, you had to go buy the album. Yeah, you know, that's album. what, that's what every record company and every singer wants is, you know, 
somebody buy that whole album. Get that album. Know, I mean, yeah. so then you, if you wrote all ten songs, you know, you getting writing and publishing, and everybody's hearing mm. your whole writing experience right there. And so it was just a, a beautiful, beautiful thing. As a matter of fact, that record was so powerful. I mean, we were in Baton Rouge, and I was on tour with uh, Richard Pryor and Patti LaBelle. Hey, Lenny. <clears throat> it's all good. Hello, Kim. Yeah, we. I'm. A, I'm. A, Can you, can you hear me? Test it. Can you hear, can't hear me? Uh, let me see something. Can, I can't hear you. Can you hear me? I'm okay. Lenny back on. Testing, testing, testing. We call him. Okay, I'll just make sure that everything's I'm, I'm back on. All of this is going to be edited anyway, and I'm, I'm not going to keep you much longer. So sorry that we, we, we've been going this long. But uh, yeah, yeah, just let, I'm, I'm back on. Just, you know, come back on whenever you're ready. Yeah, I'm trying to get it right now. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm whenever you are ready, whenever you are.
go. All righty. Testing. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Back, yeah. back. All this will be edited, so don't yeah. even worry about it. It's going to be edited. Um, yes. Yes, I remember one time we were in uh, Baton Rouge, and I was on the tour with uh, Richard Pryor. He was the headliner. And so every city we went to, I'd open the show. Right. Then Patty. Mm -hmm. Then Richard. So we get to the city, Baton Rouge, down in Louisiana. So the lady that's a promoter of the show says, okay, the order of the show is Patty's going on, then mm -hmm. Lenny, and then Richard. And then I'm like, ain't no singer in there right mind want to go on behind Patty. I don't want to go on behind Patty, you know, singing <laughs> and rolling out on the floor, carrying on. Oh, and, she was doing that back then? Oh, yeah, right. Uh -huh, yeah, so uh, she said, no, but the reason I'm doing that is because these people in Baton Rouge, they come out late. And she said, and if they come to this show and they don't hear that cause I love you, they gonna want their money back. They gonna be mad. And I'm gonna tell them I'm not gonna give them their money back. <laughs> and then they gonna be wanting to tear the place up. So this is the way it go. So Patty was like, no, 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 no. This is the way we do it. So then Patty called for Richard. So Richard come down and he sit there for about two minutes. And he's like, no, let me go on. Then Patty, then me. And the lady said, no, it's gonna be Patty, Lenny and Richard. Richard said, yeah, with it, I'm gone. He Richard going back upstairs and do what Richard does, right? You know, he finna go up there and have him some fun. So I had to go, you know, so that's where it was. Patty went on, then I went on, and that's when, as soon as they heard that, nah, 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 they just went crazy, you know, and it just, you know, it worked, right? Yeah, but I was like, man, I was like, ooh, if this don't work, if, if this song don't get them, I'm gonna get embarrassed because I got to come on behind Miss Patty the Bell with her. Oh yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, I, I'm pretty sure you knocked that one out the park. I see. I saw you perform that. Um, you know, in your prime, uh -huh. even though you still sound amaz amazing to this day. Uh -huh. But I was watching you perform that. I believe, like on Doc Kirshner's um, rock, sir, rock concert. Yeah, yeah, and though I mean your vocals, brother. Somebody, <coughs> excuse me. Some I saw two versions of it. Somebody ended up putting the recorded version, right? Huh? Uh, and I'm like, y'all don't need to do that. Right. You don't right. have to do that because the 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 live version of that song is amazing, brother. When you hit that, you 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 hit a couple of notes in that song, and I'm just completely blown away. I can't wait to drop this this uh, interview because I I want to show people the greatness of Lenny. I'm so excited about this yeah. interview because that. I mean, that song is one of my favorite vocal live performances of all time. Yeah, yeah, it was really interesting the way I got that done personally, right? Because uh, that's when the album, uh, that Spark of Love album came out. Uh, we were working on it, right? And then they were like, uh, and I was trying to get on Don Kirshner, right? And they said, well, uh, we got your ticket to fly to LA because uh, Don Kirshner wants to, to meet you, right? He's a, he was a big deal back then. Yeah, right. So then I go meet Don Kirshner, right? I walk in the office, and he's got me behind his big desk and everything. So then he's like, uh, yeah, Lenny, I got a, a few songs for you. You know, so he gave me a couple songs, and then he come with Half Past Love. Half Past Love. You know, and I said, okay, I like that one, right? So then I said, you're going to do it on the album? I said, yeah. The next thing I go back, next day I get a phone call, 
we, we got you booked on the Don Curse of the Rock concert, right? <laughs> Just like I, that. Yeah, a little, little back slapping, you know. You, <laughs> you watch my back, I'll watch yours, right? I yeah, that's right. And so I, I, want, I wound up doing a Half Past Love, and, and I got on Don Kirshner's Rock concert. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another another banger, man. I swear, ABC, man, you brothers, were, you guys was was was, was killing it. Like I said, you guys had, at, at, at that time, you know, had my favorite R and B group of all time. The dramatics. The dramatics. You yeah. ever had you, you you guys you had a relationship with like LJ and all them? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. LJ and uh, Ron Banks, Squirrel, uh Lenny Mays. I uh, love those guys. That yeah, is my man. favorite uh-huh. R and B group of all yeah. time. I love yeah. I love those guys. Man. Yeah. And and, and then, uh you also had uh, the four tops. I believe they were they still recording with ABC at that time as well. Yeah, the four tops was over there, right? Uh huh. Yeah, it was Y'all had some vote, man. You BB, guys had BB some BB King vocalists. was over there, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, Denise LaSalle. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. It was. It was. It was jumping over there. Uh-huh. Steely Dan. They yeah, just Steely came Dan. off their uh, yeah. Asia album and right, everything, uh-huh. man. Yeah. So so yeah. yeah. So so talk about you know this is this is one of my um one of my favorite underrated producers, and we're talking about the late Frank Wilson. What was it like working with Frank Wilson? Frank was just a beautiful person, you know, uh, you know, very humorous, uh, you know, gentle, gentle person, um, um, you, know, you know, just very, very knowledgeable. You know, it was really interesting. You know, he used like four guitars, you know, on a song. You know, it's like, okay, you, you playing ching, ching, you playing ching, 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 and now I want you to do, you know, this and, you know, and he would, you know, he'd go over there and just hum you what he wanted and everything. But he was just he was just just a beautiful right. person, just kind. Uh, and then you know he became a minister. A minister, yes. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, you know, but he had a beautiful wife, Bonnie. You know, and she was a really nice person. I just you know, just Frank was just kind. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, big brotherish, so to speak. Um, you know, been through you know been through you know Barry Gordy school. You know, and uh, you know he learned a lot over there and. Uh, and he applied it, yeah, yeah. No and, doubt, uh, no you're, doubt. You're just uh, a genius when it came to putting records together. No doubt. Now you finish off your 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 time at um, ABC. They end up uh, switching over, becoming MCA Records, and you release right. your last project, um, the Taking Chances. Mm-hmm. You went on to release a lot of, you know, some some really uh, solid projects on Roshire and Knob Hill, and you know, so so. What was it like? You know, um, what what were some of the things that you learned? during that time um you know like after your 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 mca tenure you know what were some of the things that you picked up along the way that made you the um the artist that you are uh today you know well i started having having doing my own labels and then i realized that record companies aren't so bad you know they're they're not so greedy you know because i you know uh realized understood why they wanted a piece of the publishing uh because you know you put so much money and effort into these records and if you you know you're looking to get your money back and so you're looking for money come from all various right. streams i remember a good friend of mine uh, larry baptiste uh yeah he's a big shot with uh naris you know to give out the grammy so he said lenny I, i'm i'm gonna try to help you get this grammy right and he said uh so send me your record this and that and so mm-hmm. he had actually done some arranging on my record right Right. And so uh, I sent him the, the record, and he calls me back. He said, man, you didn't even have my name on the record. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I forgot. And it's like, but that's why record companies have you know, an art department. They have somebody to go over that record 
Yeah, I used to most remember they me and well, who wrote this and who's singing background on that? And they cover all the bases, but I'm trying to do everything and I drop the bomb. And it's just, you know, so I see you know, they employ all these people. They got to try to get their money back. So they got to recoup this, that money. Yeah, right. Want that. And so as, as I started having my label and I'd get other people to write, you know, and I said, well, can I have a piece of publishing? Can I do this? And then they were resistant. And I understood that as an artist and a writer. Right. That's the way I was. And sometimes I still am, you know, right. about certain uh, songs or things like that. But it helped me to understand, you know, record companies and uh, that, uh, you know, they're not always the monster that, right. you know, you know, that they're portrayed to be. You know, they might, they're still monstrous, but, uh, you right. know, not, you know, on the level that, uh, that usually, you know, that they're, you know, you know portrayed, uh, you know, as, and, um, you know, just tell me about, you know, hard work, diversification, uh, you know, just, uh, all the various things that go into making a record happen, you know, sometimes it's you know, even more than the music, you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, the publicity, uh, you know, just, uh, you know the, the relationship that you have with radio, right? The relationship you have with uh, you know promoters, uh, you know, doing shows, and all these various elements going into uh, you know making making records. And making so records. I I take it a lot of you know um, a lot of these things you were you probably weren't privy of as an as an artist. Yeah, I wasn't. You know, and maybe because I had people doing it, you know, for me, uh, that you know you just kind of like you know kind of you know take, right. it, take it easy. But I think that you know anybody who's an entrepreneur, you know, right. uh, you know whether you're cutting lawns and you know you got you know fifty different lawns, or you you know, or you you know, run a janitorial business and you've got seven or eight buildings downtown, doctors offices or whatever, you understand, you know, the complexity of, of having a business, right. all the different things that it takes, and uh, because I had never ran you know a business. Once I, you know, uh, started doing that, I mean, my parents had, you know, but, you know, I just kind of worked for them, you know, and, you know, I just got to get my little money and, right. you know, I never just got into the whole, int you know, intricate part of, you know, for, you know, you know, sitting in that little office in that room and, you know, figuring out how it worked. But then once I started doing it, then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, you know, this is not a nine to five kind of thing, you know. Right. My wife always told me, you, you never take off, you know, it's like, I might be 11, 12 o'clock or something, and I'm like, hey, can you uh, do this? And she's right. like, you know, she got her mouth stuck out. Nah, you know, and I'm like, okay, see, uh, so that's the difference between me and you, you know. Right. But I was saying, but if, if this was your business, I mean, I know it's yours because we married. Right. But if it was something that, you know, that. She's hands had, on. Yeah, hands on, and you had the fervor for it. <clears throat> you'd be doing the, you know, the same thing, you know, no right now she's into uh, going to the gun range and getting women into shooting and learning how, you know, to use guns and gun safety and things of that nature. So she's gung ho about that, you know, and she's, you know, you know, you know six o'clock in the morning or 11 o'clock at night, you know, she's reading about different things and trying to put people together and, you know, organize, uh, you know, uh, trainings and things like that right. so i said so you you see you know now you see and so that's uh it, it's definitely not a, a nine to five eight to four kind of thing you know you gotta you know, right be willing to you know put, you know put everything you got into it 
what inspired you to continue to like you know uh release music because i know you just you just uh dropped a project uh fine in 20 last year during the pandemic mm-hmm. and you got a, a a new single that i want to talk i want you to talk about uh, that just uh dropped um right. uh, recently so you know with all that said you know what inspires you to continue to you know to to perform to even still be in this business today because i love it you know i mean you know it's it's, it's a beautiful thing you know to just i mean ever since i was a kid i've been getting up in front of audiences saying easter speeches and christmas right. speeches and being in plays and singing in choirs and groups and things of that nature and singing solo you know singing a and b selections at church right. and so it's just it's something that i do uh while I'm entertaining the audience, I'm entertaining myself. You know, it's like, right. oh, and you sounding good, boy. You know, or you know, mm-hmm. you turned around. You know, get a little spin. Look at right. you. You know, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be entertaining myself. And it's funny. I'll be thinking when I'll be up there. You know, I mean, it's like I'll be thinking about the songs, but then I'll be thinking, you know, about what I'm doing. You know, I, I mean, I hear myself hitting certain notes, or I say, I want to go. You know, I want to go on, I want to do that, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, sometimes it's just natural. It just happens. And then a lot of times I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I'm right. going to try that, you know. I'm going to try to go here from, right. from right. this note to that note, you know. I do this run or whatever. And so it's it's, it's challenging. It's challenging. Yeah, yeah. It's challenging. And it's, and, it's, and it's fun, you know. And then you get off and you say, oh, man, I, I did it. I did everything I wanted to do, you know. No doubt. Yeah. I like to ask artists. I I like to ask artists this question. You know, do you still get that same feeling? You know, because you sung these songs, mm-hmm. oh, thousands of times. I'm I'm pretty sure, probably millions. <laughs> you know, so you know, with with this immense catalog that you that you uh, that you have accumulated throughout the years, do you ever get tired of? certain songs or do you still get the the same feeling with you know with with a lot of these great songs that you uh, have released i I do you know and i think the part of it is like you know uh it's it's like like a salesperson you know you you, you're selling uh you know knives or whatever right but every time you make a sale you know it's like it's the same knife yeah same company everything yeah but you know it's like and you show it to people and and so it's like when you do a song and when you finish and the audience applauds, yeah, they yeah. give you the applause or, you know, they're saying, yeah, or they clapping yeah. or, yeah. you know, or they got their little move going on, shaking their body or something, you know, then it's like, you know that you, you sold it, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, you know, and so that's the satisfaction that you, you're up there and everybody's got their eyes on you and you're presenting something to them and and, and they're accepting it, you know, and right. it's making them feel good. And so then in turn that, that makes you feel good because a sense of accomplishment, you know, as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I also uh, want to add on to this because, you know, now you have, um, when you look into the audience, you know, you see younger uh, people in, 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 the, uh, in the, in the crowd now. So, you know, you got a, you, you, a lot of your music has been reintroduced to another generation, such as myself. You know, like when you put out Spark of Love, I was just coming into the world. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. but I, but the beautiful thing about music, I feel like it transcends time because your music and I like to tell artists that. And when I say this, I mean this, like your music takes me back. It feels like I was there in 1978 and 70s mm-hmm. felt like i was a grown man instead of being just coming into the it felt like i 
it, it takes me there. I feel like I'm I'm living vicariously through Lenny Williams when I listen to your music, man. I mean, no, so I so so talk yeah. about that a little bit. Do you you ever um do fans ever tell you do do uh, younger fans ever come up and tell you? Well, I'm pretty sure they do. But what do you think of when younger uh, fans come up to you and tell you how much your music means means uh, means to you? You know. Well, I think it, it. I mean, it's humbling, you know, in a yeah. way, you know, to just to think that somebody that wasn't even born when you, you know, when you made this record, you know, that uh, that it's just kind of a miracle in a way that they that it even got to them that they even discovered your music because yeah. uh, you know radio is you know trying yeah. to play all the you know the current stuff right and that they you know so you know you say well must have been their mama or their daddy or something that was playing the records around the house or grandmama or something like that right or, you know and and so then you know you and then and then the fact that they like it you know that uh you know they can go back and uh kind of set aside you know what they're hearing now you know mm -hmm. the, the instruments and the instrumentation that they're hearing now and go back to, to that time period and get involved in the music you know, i mean it's it, it's it's, it's it's magic almost you know it's yeah, kind yeah. of a humbling because it, it's historical in a way and you know who likes history you know sitting in the history class the most they did in 17 right. whatever you know it's like right, right. i want to go out riding my new mustang or you know <laughs> whatever right and get on my skateboard All right and so uh you know so it, it, like i said it's just a kind of a you know, it's just humbling really yeah yeah but you know uh 50 years ago did you ever see your career being what it is today, like, did you ever think that you would be this legendary figure in in in, in R and B? You know, did you ever see it being in, being this way? I I have to say that I I, I wanted that, you know. So I mean, because you're a humble guy, you're a humble guy, but but Lenny, you're a legend. Let's yeah, you're a legend, yeah. man. I mean, yeah, I, think, <laughs> I think about it, and I was just talking to somebody the other day, and it's like, wow, you know, you're just on the ride, so you uh, you know, yeah. And, and I hear people talk about now, you know, that. Uh, you got to enjoy that. Don't just only only think about, right. you know, uh, being at the top, but you got to try to enjoy the journey, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, sometimes I wonder if I did. Uh, I mean, I guess I just you know, sort of like on a roller coaster, you know, you're just moving so fast and up and down and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that next thing you know, you're at the end uh, of the ride and, you know, uh, it, it, but, you know, you didn't see this or see that or whatever, you know, and so, I don't know. I mean, I guess at some point in time, I'm coming to that place where I'm kind of like looking back and saying, oh, yeah, I read books about, you know, rock stars and stuff. Right. I said, oh, I was there, I know him, I know her, I did that, yeah, I spent the night at their house, you know, whatever, yeah. and it's like, oh, I was there, I was a part of all that, yeah. 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 Just, just recording at the, you know, I believe those early um, Tower Power albums was recorded at the record plant, right? Yeah, we did uh, some stuff at the record plant. We made the, the first two records. I think the first record was at Wally Hyder's, which is a very famous studio. Yeah, I heard of that studio. And then I think the Back to Oakland. I think we did Back to Oakland at the record plant, and then uh, and then and, and we did some up in Seattle too, because we were okay. spending a lot of time up that way. And Danny Kay yeah. had a studio over there. I remember mm -hmm. meeting Bette Midler over there when she was. Getting oh going, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, she's like, I know Stevie was recording at the record plant and the Osley Brothers. So I'm pretty sure you ran into those guys, uh, yeah, you know, every now and then. James and everybody, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What What was like the biggest, you know, like 
moment in, in, in you know in your career when you look back and like wow i can't believe i did that and i'm talking about anything like you meeting somebody um a performance anything like what is one of your just your biggest moments that you could just think back like wow i think one time i I did something for motown and then i was leaving and barry gordy shook my hand and said you're great and and then i think he thought that uh that i just kind of took it as you know just you know him just saying something you know right i gotta say something so i just said you're great and then he kind of grabbed my hand and said no you're great and i was like ooh. You know, for Barry Gordy to say that to me was really special. And then uh, the first time I talked to Rita Franklin on the phone, when she called me, and uh, I was like, "Dang, you know, just, you know we just <laughs> talking, you know, you know, like we friends." And that's, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. So look, you like I said, you just released the the project Fine during the pandemic. What was what was that like? You know, yeah, I was working with Levi Caesar, uh, the. Uh, Guitar player who played with Prince for yep, 13 yep. years in the New the, Power the, Generation the band. New Power Generation, yeah. Yeah, right. And uh, so we just, you know, I, I met him. Well, I, you know, I kind of saw him when he was growing up, but I didn't mm-hmm. really know him. But I knew his family, his aunt, his mom, and uncles and stuff. And then, uh, then I finally got a chance to you know, meet him, uh, you know, and get to know him. And, you know, we just started writing. And, yeah. like, wow, you know, we got about 10, 11 songs over here. We got that's, some material. Yeah, right. That's, Put it out, and uh, so that was just a really great experience. Yeah, so I oh, talk to him almost every day now. You know, and uh, you know, so he's. I gotta get him on the platform. I got a phenomenal artist. And, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure he got some stories. Yeah, great. Yeah, great cat. Yeah, yeah. great, excellent songwriter, producer, and just a all around nice guy. Uh, okay, and talk about your um, the plug this new single before we get up out of here. You yeah, just my gotta. New single is called Tonight. Yeah. I, I was down south doing a show with uh, you know some guys, uh, Church Sir Charles and Tucker, you know, on the Southern Soul circuit down there, and Pokey Bear. And so this young kid comes up to me and tells me, "Oh, Mr. Lenny, I, I write songs." I said, "Okay, here's my number, whatever." So he called me a couple times, and then I think about a year went by, and then uh, he called me saying, "Mr. Lenny, I, I got something I think you might like." So he sent it to me. I was listening to it. And then I was uh, hanging out with Levi, and I was like, "What you, what you think, Levi?" He's, he's like, "Man, I like that." So me and Levi, you know, we wrote a melody and wrote lyrics and sent it back to him and said, "Oh man, I love what y'all did." And boom, we put it out. Yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. So we've well, been getting a lot of, of positive feedback on that. Yeah, thing. I love it. I love it. It's it's it's, it's uh, classic Lenny Williams. Mm-hmm. The, you know, again, you haven't missed a beat, and. Um, you know, I'm I'm glad that you're still in this thing. I'm glad that you continue to contribute to the culture. You know, because you could have just left this alone, left this alone, uh, 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 alone like 40 years ago. And you've been a legend just off Tower Power. In my book, mm-hmm. you you've been a legend off of Tower Power alone. But the fact that you kept that you have been going, you know, 40 plus years strong as a solo artist is just a testament to how great of an, uh, a talent that you are uh lenny i appreciate that i appreciate the people you know um you know still love the music and you know this i still get you know call for shows and things like yeah. that I've got some shows coming up here uh i think i started back uh just a few weeks ago okay and, uh, 
Now I got about 25 shows. I'm about Whoa. to go through the just about through the whole year now. I'm glad yeah. I was able to get you. I'm glad uh, I was able to. Are you yeah. are you uh, doing it with Tower Tower Power? No, I don't think so. But it's really funny that we were talk. I was talking to a publicist today who was their publicist. Uh, he's not anymore, but he was like, uh, I see in your schedule you're going to be in L.A. on the seventh, and Tower Power is planning on the eighth. Why don't you? Uh, Stay over one night and uh, and, uh, hey. and, 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 and 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 come on, walk out with them, be a special guest. I said, oh, I don't know if I want to do that or not. Oh, come on, Lenny, you know. So he, I said, Well, I'm gonna sleep on it tonight, and uh, and I'll call you either tonight or tomorrow, and I'll, I'll tell you what I what I'm thinking. Yeah. So. And I'll take it. You, I take it you haven't gotten back to him. I didn't get back to him tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, maybe tomorrow we'll talk and see. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, we about to go ahead and get it out of here, brother. It's been an honor having you on the platform. We have the one, the only, the legendary Lenny Williams. Thanks for stopping by, brother. Yeah, and if folks want to reach me, they can reach me at lennywilliams.com. Talk about it. I'm on Twitter, uh, uh, you know, uh, at Lenny Williams. And I'm um, on Instagram, uh, the real Lenny Williams, and so uh, I check it out, you know, five six times a day. And uh, if, if somebody get back to you, it's me, you know, right? No, no robots and nothing like that, you know. Okay. So, so, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, and and before we get out of here, uh, next show is coming up. Anybody who watched this, who's who's watching this uh this interview, the uh, what is the next show uh, coming up for you? Uh, let's see here. Check this phone out right quick. My next show will be in Sumter, South Carolina. I think I'm going to be with Switch. Okay. Then I go to Jacksonville, Florida, on July 24th, the 31st, Buffalo, New York, August 6th, mm. Las Vegas, August 7th, Los Angeles, August 14th, uh, New York, August 21st, Memphis, September 3rd, Montgomery, September 5th. I'm with, uh, September 3rd, I'm with the Isley Brothers, uh, September Ooh. 5th with the Isley Brothers in Macon, then uh, Chicago. Then I got Albany, Georgia. I think that's with uh, Charlie Wilson. Okay. Uh, I go to Minneapolis with uh, the Whispers and you all uh, over the place. Uh, all <laughs> over the place. Yeah, right. Man, you, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like you know, it, it's like you 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 you're prime all over again. It's like like nothing has changed. Right. Yeah. Nothing so has a, changed. A little more mature. A little more sane. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little bit, a little bit more business savvy yeah, too. Right, exactly. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Ain't nothing slick to a, to a can of oil. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I know that's I remember right. Remember that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So that that New York show, I'm gonna have to check that one out. I'm gonna okay, definitely sure. have, that's yeah. that's close. That's close uh, to my region here in Washington D.C. I'm gonna definitely have to check that I out. I think they got me coming to Baltimore in February Ooh. of next year. Right. Okay. Uh, I think coming with the Manhattans and. Uh, oh man, I just talked to Gerald. I just talked uh-huh. to Gerald maybe about three weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that uh, I got a phone call about that the other day. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, well, it's, it's 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 great to uh to see you out here still performing, Lenny. It's been an honor to have you on. We love you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing, and um, I look forward to to hearing more. You know, great music from you, brother. Just keep doing your thing. Okay, I'm gonna keep on bridging the gap. Bridging the yeah yeah uh, bridging the generations, and but the generational gap, right? Yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah no yeah. doubt. This has been yeah. a dream of mine's, uh, and um, you know, I'm honored, brother. I'm about to we about to roll out the red carpet for you. Just just know that. I appreciate it. And sorry about being late. Yeah, but uh, yeah. It's nothing. It was well worth it. It was worth it, brother. Okay, God bless now. All right. All right, take care, Lynn. You have a good night. Yes, sir. All All right.